Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss how the Grand Canal changed its roots and history over the thousands of years. We talked about how the Grand Canal toppled the short-lived Sui Dynasty and its final Emperor Yang about 1,400 years ago. Although Emperor Yang was credited and criticized for the Grand Canal, he did not start the 2,000 kilometers long waterway. Its earlier, smaller sections also determined the rise and fall of rulers, cities, and the people who lived along them. The canal was dug by hand in only six years during Emperor Yang's reign. This speed was the result of forced labor of millions of Sui citizens and existing river resources. Another important reason is that it connected smaller, fragmented canals built long before the Sui. In 605, Emperor Yang launched his canal project just eight months after he took the throne. A project that involved about one million laborers, the canal began from the Sui's new capital of Luoyang in what is today's Henan province, followed the Yellow River, and worked its way southeast toward Huai'an in today's Jiangsu province along the Huai River. It took only eight months to build the 650-kilometer-long canal known as the Tongji section. Part of the Tongji in Hongou, Henan, was built nearly 1,000 years earlier during the Warring States period. In 203 BCE, Liu Bang and Xiang Yu fought in the Hongou area after they united to overthrow the Qin. They brokered a fragile peace and created a border at Hongou only for Liu Bang to prevail and found the Han Dynasty a few months later. One of the reasons was that there was a big granary on Liu's side of Hongou. Right after starting construction of the Tongji section, restoration of another canal even older than Hongou began. It was between Huai'an, the southeastern terminal of the Tongji Canal, and Yangzhou along the Yangtze River south of the Huai River. The construction of the canal known as Hangou began in 486 BCE, 1,090 years before Emperor Yang launched his canal project. It became the earliest part of what became the Sui Grand Canal. Its initiator was a ruler who was as ambitious and ill-fated as Emperor Yang. It was during the spring and autumn period when the sovereign of the Eastern Zhou lost control over regional powers. Fu Chai, the king of Wu in what is mostly in today's Zhejiang province, decided to attack the northern kingdom of Qi, now Shandong province. The Huai River separated them. The Wu army would have to attack Qi by sea. The wind and waves were dangerous, and it was far. Fu Chai ordered the construction of a canal to connect the Yangtze and the Huai to the north. The result was Hangou. It made the Wu army's track much safer and shorter. It also allowed for the Wu to deploy a strong naval force. The Wu defeated the Qi. Wu Zixu, a senior Wu official, opposed the war against the Qi. He told Fu Chai, 
that the real threat was Wu's closer southern neighbor, the Yue. The Wu had defeated the Yue and held its king, Guo Jian, captive for three years. But the Yue was regaining strength and plotting its revenge. Wu Zixu repeatedly urged Fu Chai to kill Guo Jian. Fu Chai refused and adopted another senior official, Wu Pi's advice of returning Guo Jian to the Yue. Guo Jian had bribed Wu Pi. Wu Zixu lost Fu Chai's trust and was forced to commit suicide. A few years later, competing regional powers held a meeting and recognized Fu Chai as their leader. He made the mistake of taking his most elite troops to the meeting. That's when the Yue attacked the Wu, ultimately defeating them. Nine years after Wu Zixu's death, Gu Jian finally had his revenge. When Fu Chai committed suicide, he covered his eyes with a piece of white cloth out of shame. He didn't dare face Wu Zixu in the afterlife. The Tongji and the Hangou sections connected the Sui's new capital Luoyang along the Yellow River and Emperor Yang's favorite city, Yangzhou, along the Yangtze River. Later in 605, in the same month, when the Tongji and Hangou sections were put into operation, Emperor Yang took his first trip on the Grand Canal from Luoyang to Yangzhou. He later ordered to build another canal to Beijing, the northern base for his campaigns against Korea, and rebuilt the canal between Yangzhou and Hangzhou. The two sections also included older, shorter, and smaller canals. For example, one built by the Yue and another by Cao Cao, the founder of the Wei Kingdom during the Three Kingdoms period. Following Hangzhou, many canals were built in different parts of China by different regional powers. Their purpose was the same, transporting food, military supplies, and armies. Some of the canals were restored and included in the Sui Grand Canal. As explained in our previous podcast, when the Sui united China after nearly 400 years of division and unrest, the empire's political center was in the north along the Yellow River, while the economic and cultural power was in the south along the Yangtze River. The Grand Canal connected the two rivers, consolidating the unity of the empire, and it was during Emperor Yang's third trip on the Grand Canal that he was killed and his empire descended into rebellion. Cities along the Grand Canal also were affected as the length and contour of the canal changed. In the more than 600 years from Emperor Yang kicking off the project to the end of the Northern Song in early 12th century, the Grand Canal saw heavy traffic. It sent food and troops from south to north. Businessmen, officials, and scholars on their way to take imperial exams also traveled on the canal. Luoyang and its nearby city Kaifeng served as the capitals of the Sui, Tang, and the Northern Song. During this period, the trajectory of the Grand Canal was shaped like a ball. Luoyang and Kaifeng were at the midpoint on the left, and from there the canal arched to the right in two directions, Beijing to the north and Hangzhou to the south. Kaifeng developed as the most prosperous city during the Northern Song. After the Northern Song was destroyed by the Jing in the early 11th century, the Song moved to the south, establishing Hangzhou as its capital. 
Hangzhou was the southern terminal of the Grand Canal and connected with the sea. Since then, China's south has remained the economic engine of the country. The northern part of the Grand Canal was completely abandoned, and the north became a battlefield between the Song and the Jin. Both the Song and Jin were defeated by the Yuan, founded by Genghis Khan. His grandson, Kublai Khan, set the Yuan capital in Dadu, today's Beijing. It was necessary to send food from the south to Beijing in a faster, more efficient way. In late 13th century, Guo Shoujing, the top official for hydro projects, designed a new route linking Beijing and Hangzhou in a straight line, bypassing Luoyang and Kaifeng. At 1,800 kilometers long, the canal is about 800 kilometers shorter than the previous canal. Huai'an, Yangzhou, Suzhou, and Hangzhou along the Grand Canal grew to be the most prosperous cities during the Yuan and the successive Ming and Qing dynasties. Suzhou and Hangzhou were major exporters of silk, porcelain, and tea. Their beauty and prosperity earned them the name Paradises on Earth. Suzhou was the largest city during the Ming, in mid-16th century. Zhou Ying, a famous artist during the Ming, painting a large scroll depicting everyday life in Suzhou. Zhang Zeduan, an artist at the end of the Northern Song, painting a bustling Kaifeng, the capital of the Northern Song. But Suzhou was much more prosperous than Kaifeng. Both pictures are national treasures. Chiu's painting is housed in the Liaoning Provincial Museum in northeast China and Zhang's painting in the Palace Museum in Beijing. Emperor Kangxi and his grandson Qianlong ruled the pinnacle of China's last imperial dynasty, the Qing. They both traveled the Grand Canal waterway to the coastal regions of Jiangsu and Zhejiang several times to inspect the water projects and the living conditions of his subjects, as well as enjoy the scenery and culture. But prosperity also brought disaster to the cities. In 1815, the Taiping Rebellion swept the country. It was led by Hong Xiuquan, who claimed himself the younger brother of Jesus Christ. Heavy battles ensued between the Qing army and the Taiping soldiers in those cities. Prosperous families there fled to nearby Shanghai, which seven years earlier had opened to trade with Britain. The new transplants brought wealth and a culture of commerce that would make Shanghai a major economic center. In 1855, the Yellow River flooded, making the Grand Canal unusable. The Qing government was struggling with the Taiping Rebellion and unable to address the problems. The canal then fell into disrepair. It was eventually replaced by other modes of transportation, such as ship and railway. In 2014, the Grand Canal was made the UNESCO World Heritage List. Although there are much more options for transport today, most of the Grand Canal is still in use, serving people as it has for thousands of years. That is the end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Song Yimin, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor JT. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.